Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duverman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where Seas Man meets your chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics, which according to all the major U.S. news networks, is the death of a 96-year-old British woman. My Netflix has been stuck on this unreleased season of The Crown all weekend. I can't find anything else to watch. <laughs> yeah, and it is, you know, it is wall-to-wall coverage on the U.S. news networks. And let me just say, as if you're a, someone who uses the, uses the news as background noise, this is not the day for that. <laughs> We do not love the sound of this organ. There's a there's a lot of random silences that you're like, is my TV broken? What's happening? Um, it really would have been nice if they could have, because there are some moments that I do think are um, really powerful and are newsworthy, but you could turn that into a package, you know, mm. and uh, mm-hmm. play it Especially on the next the hour. Sure, right. sure. Right, right. I mean, you could, we don't care if we're on a delay. I mean, I, I don't. But yeah, no, exactly. I think it is um it is interesting to watch. It's a very rare event. It's a very grand event. I feel like we there are not a lot of um like grand traditions that the whole world can kind of like uh not participate in, but sort of watch. But like you said, it's just sort of like it to say like I it's Monday morning. I'm turning on my news. I I need to catch up. I didn't pay attention over the weekend. And Anderson Cooper is just talking to me about this coffin's road trip all weekend. It's it's just a lot. I mean, I'm sure if the news cycle in the U.S. were a little bit more uh, boisterous, it it wouldn't be. But the, the the news cycle seems a little bit slow. There's plenty of important things to cover, but I mean, the bombshell nature of the U.S. news cycle, I don't think, should determine whether they are reporting substantial stories. Like there are endless stories to be reported Facts. about things happening across our country, and maybe they're not as like blockbuster as the global event that is the Queen's funeral. And to be clear, I don't think the Queen's funeral is unimportant. I just don't think it's wall-to-wall coverage important. I do think it sort of reflects like a little bit of an old-school mentality to cover. You know, like we would not cover a a news company run by millennials or, you know, even would not do wall-to-wall coverage. We don't buy into the the symbolism of it as much where it's like, we simply must all drop everything and pay attention. Well, it's just like one thing among many, you know, like why it's not our country, I think is like the key issue. Like there is no other country or leader who would get, would get this. Um, And look, she was, she's very important. She's very important. I do want to say that like, it's not that we, I don't care to cover the queen at all. Like she was, like I said, she's the A block in the morning announcements today. Um, But I mean, one among six equal stories, not like, you know, that's the only thing we talked about. But I do think there, I think it is a very interesting thing to watch. I think you can like learn a lot about 
the UK and, you know, their, their mm-hmm. culture from observing this. And it, there are a lot of really poignant moments that I have. I'm glad that I've seen them. Right. I mean, she was queen for so long and sort of was like witness to, to so much history that it is sort of like interesting to uh, to unpack all of that. I am really enjoying all of the pictures of the kids and the yeah. family content that has emerged today. Yeah, they seem really... to be having a nice time. Right. I mean, are they? I mean, Char- Charlotte Sorry, was crying. I saw, there's a. Oh, she was. I saw her crying, yeah. and then I saw her smiling. So maybe somebody, oh. maybe somebody perked her up. But I just, yeah, it is. I've wondered. I also don't mind watching it. I think it's, I'm not like, oh, this is stupid and pointless. Although right. I, I have had moments of that too. I mean, to me, it is not necessary and I'm I'm annoyed that I can't watch the news. But I, I, I do think that maybe the world or the news media or the US and the UK together are projecting something onto this. Like I was like, what exactly are we mourning here? I think it's a collective mourning of something also like she was a, a universally adored figurehead. The family beneath her is quite fractured. And, and I just feel like there's been standards set where it's like, you don't know if it's the line of succession is going to go as it always does. Like there could be abdications. I feel like it's unpredictable. She was, I mean, she's a controversial figure in the world, but to a certain segment of like people in the UK and even in the States, she's not a controversial figure. She's universally adored. So I feel like there's sort of like a collective mourning of a person. You call it like a universal grandmother and even to other countries, just sort of like a fair, again, she's not neutral. Everything I'm saying is coming from like a perspective where my exposure to her growing up was not like she's a colonizer and this is what like her her monarchy has done. But I think that's maybe part of the collective mourning. Like we're all wise to this now. And there was a little bit of a permission structure for the, for the old lady who didn't know better that is now gone, I think. And I feel like maybe there's a sort of like mourning of that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it, not. It really all depends who she represents to you, and mm. I mean, this is a woman who was born into a certain stature, and she's important not just because of her impact. Honestly, um, I know it's impossible. She's not right, like you said. Like she's messaged she's not as apolitical, yeah. but like she is sort of inherently political by birth. She's one of the most political people by birth on this planet. And for that reason, it is important to observe the mourning of her. I also mm-hmm. think that like part of it is her, like you said, how much witness she's born to history. Like imagine if not only the current world leaders who she interacts with in the lateness of her lifetime were there, imagine if like all of the world leaders who have sort of like crossed her path and who she's interacted yeah. with and, you know, like sort of a montage of how she has handled so many different changing tides of culture and and to get us to this point where we are conscious mm-hmm. of how political she inherently is. And if you could imagine her funeral having all of those people, she's a – you cannot argue that she's not an important person. I think it's hard for us to sort of really understand because – Brits have a particular culture with particular standards that we can't understand. We're foreign to other people too. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Um, And I think that she definitely represented for people a sort of stability. And that's what you need for a society. Even if only like Mm. a certain percentage of people are buying into that. I think, and I think it's really exemplified by this, cue this line to go see her um it's 
it's uh, so unique. I can't imagine in America like a respectful line to pay homage to a person just because of her gravity, you know, and, and her, yes, and like, that's sort of, every, yeah, yeah. Where everyone can sort of see that she is this important. Right. She meant I think something what I was to struck people. with, right. Watching the coverage of her and maybe this is unfair, but I just kept thinking, um, like, like none of these things are necessarily huge achievements. Like, I, I think she achieved things in her life because they were handed to her and she served her intended purpose. But like, I can imagine a 24 hour line if and when President Obama dies because just the achievement is unmatched and what he symbolized and what he overcame and what he meant at the time and continued to mean. But it's just interesting just sort of to see somebody, just to see wall-to-wall news coverage of every moment of their life. And it's like, but you didn't win any elections. Like you were just born and you did an adequate job. Honestly, that is the difference, I think, between a layer that the UK has that America does not. Even, I think, culturally in terms of, from what I understand about sort of status in the UK, who you are born to is, in some people's eyes, many people's eyes, the royal's eyes, more important than your money or achievements at all. Like, in America, I think there's an attitude of, like, your money and achievements can sort of surpass the importance of your family. And there's, like, almost yeah, like a Yeah, new money ding. is as good as old money. Like, it, yeah. I think, I think in reality, like, in America, that's, like, there's an equal sort of disrespect for old money that does not dominate in the UK. So that's another reason. I mean, th- I think thinking about the queue, like, it's incredibly democratic, like, imagine all those people showing up to vote for right. her, you know, and, and I mean, it's not democratic mm-hmm. in the sense that, but it's, it speaks to that there was favor with her. And I think some of the concern is that there won't be favor with the future monarchs, which is why they're sort of like on their best behavior. Exactly. Um, and, and they're, why they're bringing, I would imagine, George and Charlotte to the funeral to show like this line of succession and that this is a family. I think it is interesting to watch from the perspective of like a family mourning their grandmother also. Yeah. Um, that, that, right. And the weight yeah. of that on like how that's going to affect suddenly changes the course of their life. Like a lot of times your grandma dies and it can completely change your life if you live with them or they take care of you. But like for, for, for hopefully you're at a point in life where your grandparent dying is like mostly just an emotional impact, not like your entire life changes and you get a new job, your first job in 73 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was struck by how happy I was for Charles that he had Camilla. Just as a, a guy <laughs> having lost his mom and like, I'm glad he has a supportive yeah, woman he's in a his wife life. Guy. He is, he kind of, was he? <laughs> is he? <laughs> That's true. Fair enough. I take that back. I take that back. Slightly reformed wife guy, but unforgivable failure of a husband to Princess Diana, of course. Well, the two of them, Charles and Camilla, do represent progress in the monarchy because you look at uh, why Elizabeth essentially became or one of the factors for why she became a queen so early is because of the abdication of her father's brother. Am I right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the crown. Yeah. Um, that he that he wanted to marry Wallace Simpson. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the little progress, tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Well, now let's uh, talk about some of our own problems. Among them, Donald Day Trump. We will spare you too many details on him today because we have a uh, another source for you. Sammy, where can people get a full deep dive into all of the investigations, a full a full set of investigations? Yeah, so exciting news. If you're a listener of the morning announcements, we just launched a subscription element of it. And basically what it's going to be is I know you guys, I've gotten so much feedback over the years that people love when I do deep dives into things or when I like, you know, sort of tell stories on like more, you know, sort of side stories that, you know, belie what it is we're all seeing. Um, So I wanted to create a place where I could like dump those ideas by theme. It is called Extra Extra. I'm going to be doing two deep dives a month into different topics. You know, I like things where it's like, you know, we're following the money. There's something they're not telling us. And also just cover things that there's not five minutes, that can't be covered in five minutes or, you know, a fifth of five minutes um, that really kind of like explains the deeper, you know, what's going on. Just imagine it more to, more investigative, um, although I'm not personally investigating, um, but, you know, I'm really kind of explaining what there is out there about any particular topic. My first topic, I broke down, this is not, you know, particularly um, uncovered, but I did want to get all in one place. I covered all of Donald Trump's investigations. There are six. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, I can't even keep track. That's Um, crazy. So I compared them to him getting an EGOT uh, and his criminal EGOT. So check it out. You can do a free trial. It's $4.99 a month. And um, I hope you like it. Yeah. Tell us what's the, what topics you want. So yeah, definitely tell us what topics you want. Oh, and you can join the private Geneva chat where we can talk about these things. And I'll be in there. Don't worry. Yes. We haven't even talked about the Geneva. There's so many exciting new things. But we also launched, um, it's called Geneva. It's basically pretty similar. I don't know if they like being compared to Facebook, but it's basically like safe, chill Facebook 
It's groups. just sort of looks like Facebook, Facebook and that it's easier to use Facebook groups. Exactly. That's what it is. Facebook groups are really easy for communications. It's basically sort of a similar version to that, but we can kind of, you have to apply with just five very easy questions. Basically, we just have to know who you are. I mean, we get a lot of feedback that people really like the discussions that you have with each other on our social content. But for various reasons, whether they're swarmed by trolls or bots, or we just haven't had anything to post on a particular topic, you don't have anywhere to talk about it. And also, we wanted to provide an area for you all to share resources about midterms because you all already have a lot of that information. You don't need us to curate it. You're kind of on the ground. So we wanted to make a hub where you could discuss that. And we did include in that area a space to chat with Sammy about these episodes, get the sources, get some more information, ask questions. It's really the first place that you can get direct access to us. I mean, Sammy, I know you answer your DMs, but even that can get kind of overwhelming and hard to keep track of. So this is a great space. We're definitely going to be talking to some of your faves, Emily on your phone, Ashley Spivey. Try to get them on and do some Q&As. Um, other of your favorite political influencers to kind of have a more streamlined, engaging space to communicate than just haphazardly on Instagram. And it's really active and going great and people are using it for its intended purpose. Yeah, no, I'm real. I'm really excited about the Geneva. Um, I was not able, I was away this weekend, so I wasn't able to really be concentrating on it, but I am so excited to have because when someone DMs me, you can only talk to me. But like mm-hmm. this is a place where you can all speak to each other. And get so much more information, many more opinions. It's like non-toxic Facebook is how I would describe it. It's also sort of like a more seamless Discord if you're a Discord user. Um, And it just helps you. It's a place where we can connect to each other for like-minded things. We're going to sort of use it as a combination. It's like a Slack for friends too. Yeah. Like there are different rooms. It's very easy. We're hoping to use it sort of as a place for like a combination of like discussion and organizing where you can make friends with other sub people in your state or in just in general. Um, And we're really excited about it. We really are excited to see where it's going to go. So give it a shot. I'll be in there. Yeah. Um, It's very fun. It's like addicting. (laughs) I definitely need another platform to keep up with. Let me say that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 
All right, let's uh, let's discuss more of our own problems in America. So a really important headline we haven't discussed yet from last week is the Senate's decision to postpone a vote on marriage equality that would secure same-sex marriage rights at the federal level until after the midterm election. So there are a number, the bipartisan group of senators working on this, led by Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat from Wisconsin, and she is the she was the first out member of the Senate. She's writing this bill with Kirsten Cinema, And then who's the other Democrat? I can't remember. There's another Democrat leading. But then also they have a handful of Republicans, Susan Collins, Rob Portman, which is interesting. Um, and who's oh, Tom Tillis of North Carolina. But they're basically I don't know who made this call if it was them or Chuck Schumer or they decided together that they are not going to have 10 Republican votes to overcome a filibuster on this. And for them, that was a good reason to postpone this until after the elections when, you know, I'm feeling optimistic about the midterms. I don't know if I'm feeling that optimistic. Sammy, what is your understanding of their rationale here? I mean, I guess they're stated their stated rationale is that we don't want to vote on a bill that's going to fail. That's pointless. We would rather wait until we know that we have the success. But we've talked about repeatedly on the podcast and seen it happen, the value of forcing votes to sort of show constituents where these people stand. So I don't know how I feel about this. Honestly, okay, so they're doing this with the vote on same-sex marriage, and they're also doing it with the vote on banning gotcha. stock, stock trading in Congress. And yeah, they're using essentially the same rationale. Like, we're not sure it'll pass. Okay, I understand that. Can we ever be sure of anything? Can we ever be sure? You know, to me, my answer is like, your job is to make sure. Your job is to figure out how to, how to get it to pass. Because like, to me, there's nothing that says to the American people, I don't really give a shit about you and protecting your rights than deferring... Right rights on basic, like very popular legislation. Like, what are you here for? If you aren't going to protect something that- Somebody could die now. Like, Right. What are you here for if not to protect our rights and to be ethical? I know that's kind of laughable and doesn't really sound familiar as like the function of Congress, but it is supposed to be that. And it's just, it's, it, this is like the epitome of like Washington bullshit. Truly, like to my answer to that is like, figure it the fuck out. I don't, I, this is why I have very right. little faith in Congress. And this is why the American people have very little faith in Congress. Basically, it's like, I think that not enough Republicans want to vote in favor of same-sex marriage because they're afraid of the elect, what, what effect it will have on them in the midterms. When it comes to the congressional stock ban, Stop there, though. That's like, well, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. Then make them vote on it. But yeah, right, 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 right. As Sorry, Democrats the in stock charge, make them very vote strange. on it. Why are like, they delaying? Do they put these two things in the same category? Just like, no, oh, they're it's both just like they announced ethically one. neutral things. Oh, okay. They're just doing. They're just doing that to both of those things. Those are things that were supposed to be voted on before the midterms, and they're not going to be. That's why I'm putting them in the same bucket. They're also very popular. Like everybody wants them. In the America of the American people, you know, it just shows that Congress's yeah. congressional incentives, no matter how popular a policy is, they are skewed. They are not truly actually representative of uh, what is of the people, which what you're there supposed to be there for. They're supposed to be there to represent the people. And this is popular legislation. So it's self-interest that drives both of those changes, whether it's like financial or 
political, that they want to fool their constituents. To your point, make them vote on it. I was also reading that they, they're they worried that Republicans will resent being forced to vote on this ahead of an election and then making it political. But it's like, what? That's not going what? to change anything that's, that they do in the future. That's literally Why would not you accommodate them. That's toddler behavior. That is that is not that is like a that is negotiating with terrorists. Some Chamberlain it's like, don't bullshit. Don't make us look political. Uh, don't make us look political ahead of the midterms. It is a political election. It's the just, fuck? that that is just I mean, it's it's outrageous. That's why you have the majority. Whether whether you do it or you don't do it, that's never going to change any single Republican's actions in the future. They're not going to be like, oh, well, they didn't make us vote on same-sex marriage, so maybe we should go easy on them and not get rid of the filibuster so that we can, like, mandate guns for everybody. Like, you know, they're not they're not mm-hmm. changing what they're trying to achieve based on whether you make them vote on something. So t- Democrats right. are just, <laughs> they suck at taking their power and using it. Right. Like, I don't they're really too need afraid to, to like, throw you... a wrench into things. That's, that, and, and, Sometimes you have to for the sake of doing what's right. And in this case, these two things are very obviously right. Right. I don't really understand why they are trying to look out for Republicans' political interests when they have Lindsey Graham just up there doing a 15-week abortion ban that nobody in his party even agrees with. Like, it's fine. These people are not people you need to work with. It's ridiculous. When we were at the White House last week. Oh, my gosh. Can you can you pick that up? I just dropped a name. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. We. It was very, like... The speech was almost partisan in nature. It was very much like the Republicans aren't here. And it's like, go with it. Then why are you – maybe this isn't what's happening. But if you're trying to, like, spare them, you know, spare the revenge they're going to take out on you by making them look political, it sounds like you're delaying this because you already feel confident enough that the midterms are going to deliver you. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a 60-vote majority. But then, I don't know, I guess I'd like to see more pressure on the Republicans running for Senate having to – say whether they would vote on that, but I don't really trust. There's too much. We haven't, I don't know, not to like create a scarcity mindset around issues, but Republicans look bad enough. Like, right. just get, get get the work done and let the candidates worry about getting elected. They're doing a great job. Also, okay, yes, you said their speech was political. That's because they're not afraid to like say stuff. Like Nancy Pelosi's not afraid to like say stuff. She, true, but things are written in actions. And Let's say you're someone whose who's marriage is at stake. If I'm a voter, I am a thousand percent more likely to go out and vote again for Democrats who just affirmed the sanctity of my marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh my God, like if I don't vote, I don't feel that like threat. I'm like, oh, I got, a, I got Democrats elected last time and I keep hearing about all the stuff they didn't do. And then I thought they were doing a good job, but now I don't understand why I'm hearing. Like, yeah, it's It very just unusual. seems like such and an I obvious, that- an obvious motivator to keep Democrats in power. Yeah, I agree. I think I've read some things that they're sort of potentially still working and trying to figure out if they can at least be ready in case things change. But a little a little um, a little puzzling, a little inscrutable there, especially since what it's like 70 percent favorability or something. Exactly. Everyone just shut the fuck up if you're I don't (laughs) That is our show. Please remember to rate and review if you love it and check out Extra Extra, the morning announcement subscription. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. 
The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.